All right, this is Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. Week two in the books, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeat the Minnesota Vikings 26-9, bringing their record now to 2-0 and tied for the AFC North lead with the Baltimore Ravens. They'll get to settle that score in a couple weeks as they face Baltimore, but they've now extended that winning streak to nine games. If you go back to last season, remember they ended last year on a seven-game winning streak. So uh, 2-0 this year, now extending that winning streak to nine games. I think the story of this game is very similar to the story coming out of Cleveland, which is that the defense largely has been the star of the show. And I think that's made Steeler fans cautiously optimistic. This isn't what we expected this year. In fact, it's been quite the opposite of that. Expectations were that this team offensively was going to come in and, and go back to where they were in 2015 when, remember, we had Martavis and AB and Ben. I know Bell was out for a large part of that year with a knee injury, but that was the year that you know we scored six touchdowns or been through six touchdowns against both Indy and Baltimore, and we scored 50 points that year. And that was the year that you know the 30 points a game really became the, the offense's mantra. And, and this was the year that it felt like you know that they were finally going to live up to that promise. And then defensively, you know there was so much talk in the preseason about you know how poor the defense looked and. And, you know, we kind of felt like defensively early on it was going to struggle and then hopefully it would get better as the year went on. And in reality, it's it's been, you know, the exact opposite, right? Offensively, it's been slow to, slow to get going. Uh, you know, they, they certainly have a lot of growing that they need to do. And, and you know, it, it hasn't been the 30-point extravaganza that we expected. But defensively, it's been the exact opposite, right, of, of, of what we expected the same way in, in that it's been great. Run defense, great. Pass uh, rush has been great. Pass defense has been very good because it hasn't had to do a lot because of how good the pass rush has been. Um, And so let's go over the reasons why I think both offensively and defensively we've kind of done a 180 from where we expected. And let's start defensively, right? I talked about this a lot in the preseason, you know, defensive line and and how dominant I thought they could be. I think this year it's, it's, you know, it starts with Cam Hayward. Right, he's coming off of this injury. There, there was so much excitement going into the year about Stephon Tuitt because of how good he looked at the end of last year. And, and remember, he got to blossom without Cam Hayward out there. You know, Stephon Tuitt was kind of the guy on the defensive line. But this is the best Cam Hayward we've ever seen. He's controlling the line of scrimmage. The entire defensive line is controlling the line of scrimmage. They're playing against the run really, really well. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. And again, the defensive line is getting pressure on the quarterback. We haven't had to blitz in order to get pressure. Now, we have blitzed, and we've still been bringing those kind of exotic blitzes, the four, five, six guys bringing a corner, bringing a safety, right? But but when we do want to drop back and only rush four, it hasn't been a problem, right? It hasn't been that the quarterback's had all the time in the world and can pick us apart. They've been able to get that kind of pressure with four. And, it's, and again, I think it starts with this defensive line, and really it starts with a dominant performance through two games, from Cam Hayward. I'm so excited for when Stefan Tewitt is healthy and hopefully he can play this week against Chicago. But you look at the depth on this defensive line and it's been great. You know, even without Stefan Tewitt, Tyson Alualu has stepped up and been great. Javon Hargrave, we knew was going to be very good. And then you, you have the LT Walton who's come in at times and been very good himself. Uh, there's been really, and then you, you can go back to the front seven and, and, you know, talk about them as a whole because I think they've been equally as good. You know, there's been no drop off from Lawrence Timmons to Vince Williams. The outside linebacking play has been terrific. TJ Watt, you know, through five quarters has proven himself already to be a real impact player on this defense. I think the the most exciting thing to me about TJ Watt is that 
you just know when he's out there. It's, it, it feels different when TJ Watt is on the field. And, and as, as a rookie, and a, a rookie who's only played five quarters, that's so exciting to see because I think he's going to be a real playmaker in this league. You go to the other side with Bud Dupree and him getting his first action in this game. I thought he brought a great speed rush in this game. He got a sack. He was he was effective in the pass rush. Uh, I think he's going to be very, very good. And I think the real sleeper at outside linebacker has been Anthony Ciccolo, who's had to see, who's had to see extended minutes this year because of the injuries to both Bud and TJ. You know, Ciccolo has played very, very well himself. He had two sacks against Cleveland. I thought he uh, was very good in this game. And it, what it's meant is that we haven't had to kind of go to the bullpen yet and, and call in James Harrison to kind of save us and save our pass rush like we did last year. We can kind of hold those minutes till that stretch run like we want to, like we did last year, where we really use him more often in, in December and January than we do in kind of September and October. So that's been really, really good. Tackling is another thing that, that has plagued this defense for, for years. Uh, and I thought, I think especially against Minnesota, it, it was great. There was no run after catch in this game. They limited a lot of the big plays because they were able to to make that uh, tackle at the point of impact. Uh, and and outside of the one big run by Dalvin Cook, you know, largely there were you know they contained the Vikings in this game and and made them go on long drives if they were going to move the ball. And it wasn't they weren't chunking us to death like we've seen some teams do. I get the you know the. What you want to the, the the negatives against this defense, or, or what what Steeler fans, why Steeler fans aren't ready to accept this defense yet, which is that we haven't played anyone or we haven't been tested yet, and I think that that's absolutely true. Deshaun Kaiser and Case Keenum are not going to test your limits as a defense. However, I will say I think the Steelers are playing fundamental defense, sound fundamental defense. They're dominating the line of scrimmage. And that translates, I don't care who's quarterback, that translates. It's hard to pick apart a secondary when your quarterback is running for their life. And you go back to that Sunday night game when Aaron Rodgers was running for his life against the Atlanta Falcons this week. He wasn't picking apart Atlanta because he was out there running for his life. And I think if the Steelers' defensive line and their front seven continues to play as well as they've been playing, you know, you're gonna hide, you can hide some of your weaknesses in the secondary. Now, I am interested, just like everyone, to see how this new look secondary is going to look. And I'm, I'm specifically excited to see how Artie Burns and Joe Hayden and Mike Hilton fare against a top quarterback. And their time will come. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, they are coming to town later this year. And Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are doing the same. So we will see this defense tested later in the year. But I think let's enjoy it right now uh, because, again, I think they are playing very, very good defense. And it's exciting to me that... Even with the offense disappointing, the offense or the defense can carry us. We saw this. It's an extension of what we saw in that playoff game against Kansas City last year when the offense struggled to score touchdowns. And they were kicking field goals, but the defense hung in there, uh, you know, gave us possession, didn't, didn't give up big plays, um, and, and kept us in that football game. The one thing I will say about this defense as a negative is, is that killer instinct, right? And I talked about this last week. Cam Hayward said after the game that, you know, this defense at times lacks maturity and, and that they let off the gas in the second half of this game. And, and you saw that when it led to the, the Vikings' only touchdown. You, they they kind of let off the gas, and there were some big plays in that one, the one to, to Stefan Diggs down the sideline, Kyle Rudolph over the middle, and then, of course, the Dalvin Cook run down the sideline. Um, to the defense's credit, though, after that moment, they kind of turned back on. They continued to be dominant and didn't let the Vikings really get back into this game. But, again... 
you know, that, that kind of letting off the gas, that's not going to hurt you against Case Keenum, but it will hurt you against those kind of great offenses. And so it's something they have to learn. And I think coming with that, you know, that killer instinct is that ability to, to when a team is down like that, not just not let them back into the game, but really drive the stake, right? And start getting turnovers and big sacks. And, 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 you know, again, Mike likes to call it a fun fest, but that really comes when you're, you're winning a game, you're putting p- consistent pressure on a quarterback, and then you're, you're converting that into turnovers. Uh, and this defense hasn't done that part of it yet. So, you know, again, a way, uh, I think that that's coming. And that's something that this defense needs to get better at. And that's what I want to see them grow into as the year goes on. Offensively, you know, I'm going to kind of take a, take a wait and see approach at this point, right? I, I think the talent on offense is there. And, and I don't buy into any of the, you know, the storylines around the offense. This, this kind of has Le'Veon Bell fallen off and Ed Bouchette writing that article about, he, you know, he thinks the groin injury is really what's affecting Le'Veon and that his play has fallen off. I, I don't buy into that for a minute. I think Le'Veon is Le'Veon. And he is going to be great and is great. I think Martavis, you know, this whole Martavis isn't the same Martavis, quote unquote, you know, that he can't recover from that time off. I don't buy into that at all. You know, I think you saw some glimpses of Martavis in this game. And I think he was, again, he was better in week two than he was in week one. And I think that will continue. And there's talk about, you know, oh, well, Ben's, Ben's, you know, thinking about retirement. So that's affecting his player. He's too old or yada, yada. Maybe that is the case, but I don't think we're ready to make that statement after week two. And then there's, you know, the whole talk about the coaching staff and you know, they have all this talent and they, they can't put it together and, you know, Haley and Tomlin don't have the team ready. Blah. I, look, there's no, there's no coaching staff changes that happen in the offseason that would, that would make this happen, right? I, I don't think these guys forgot how to coach. I think there are two things that have led to the defense playing, you know, somewhat poorly. Number one, the offensive line play just hasn't been as good, right? There's been pressure on Ben. There's been holding calls. They're not really controlling the line of scrimmage like they did last year. They're, they're just not there yet, right? They're not the dominant line like they were last year. I'm not, I'm not saying the offensive line has been bad. Do not get me wrong. The offensive line has not been bad. But last year, they were dominant. This year, you can definitely say they have not been dominant so far. Is that a cause for concern? Maybe, but again, like I said, wait and see. And then the second point I want to make here is that opposing defenses that we've faced so far have been good. Right. And I know we don't often like to give credit to the other side, but I think in this case, it's correct. Right. The, the Cleveland Browns did a very good job of, of playing high safeties and taking away what we like to do and, and getting us out of our comfort zone. And then against Minnesota, you know, they just have a very good defense and Xavier Rhodes made life very hard for AB and we couldn't really just rely on going to AB. They got some pressure on Ben. Again, their front seven is very, very good. There were no big plays in the running game. And so it, you know, it made, again, it made it difficult. For the Steeler defense or for the Steelers offense to move the football. Offensively, you know, I think what we need to do is, is we need to find some outlets on this offense. Ben and Eli need to get on the same page, right? Because I think if, if those two get on the same page and you have a really good slot receiver who can kind of be your, your check down guy from the wide receiver perspective, that can make life a little easier. And you saw Ben in this game continue to, to struggle with ball placement, especially on passes to Eli, which I thought were just too high. He's, him and Eli have to work on you know, their kind of rhythm and, and, and get a repertoire going. You need Le'Veon to get involved in the passing game a little bit. And, and again, I know that this goes back to the offensive line not playing well, and so you need to leave Le'Veon in there to, to kind of um, help pass block, and you don't, you, know, you don't want to get Ben killed. But again, Le'Veon can be a very easy outlet, and I thought even at times in Minnesota, you know, the, the, again, the rhythm between Ben and, and Le'Veon just wasn't there, and, and how much does that have to do with Le'Veon not, you know, participating in, in 
preseason or in training camp, you know, whatever. But again, we need to get him more involved. You need to get Jesse James and the tight ends more involved. Now, again, you just, what I want to see from this offense is just getting more easy completions, easy guys. We have all this talent out there, right? We have AB and Le'Veon and Martavis, and we want to use all that. But again, you have, you have these other guys, Eli Rogers. You have Le'Veon out of the backfield. You have Jesse James and those tight ends. And then I think, you know, you have Juju, who's really been a non-factor so far in the passing game, and he's got to find his rhythm. Um, and once we do that, this offense, I think, is really going to open itself up. I thought in, in this game in particular against Minnesota, they did a very good good job, especially early on, like establishing a running game. I think that's going to be a key going forward. There's no reason to get away from what we were great at last year, and that's being dominant, running the football, you know, and letting the rest of the game open itself up from there, right? If we start running the football and we start being dominant running the football, you know, you're going to let Martavis get more comfortable over time. You're going to let Eli and Juju get that rhythm with Ben. You're going to use play action to create separation, right? And, there, and there's going to be no reason to press offensively for these big plays. I thought there was maybe too much of that in this game of trying to go downfield and trying to be that explosive offense uh, rather than just taking what the defense was giving you. I get that it worked at times. There were a couple PI calls and, and then the big play to Martavis down the sideline. I thought the PI calls were, were justified. Uh, I thought both passes would have been completed without the pass interference, especially the Martavis one. I thought that would have been a touchdown. Um, so, okay, good on them for creating big plays like that. But again, you know, take what the defense is giving you. Just because we have these explosive players doesn't mean that we have to try and be explosive, right? It, it's almost like this defense or this offense is trying to go out and score 30 rather than just letting those 30 points come to them, right? I, I believe that we will be a great offense because we have explosive players, not because we are explosive, right? Martavis's TD is a great example. That's a slant route, a five, seven-yard slant route that turns into a 30-yard touchdown because of Martavis's exceptional speed and separation, right? We don't have to try and be the big chunk style of offense. I think that will come just because of the amount of talent that we have on this offense. So, you know, let's do a better job, Steelers, of, of taking what the defense is giving you, move the football with consistency, and those big plays will just come as a result of that. Overall, with this team, I'm very pleased with where we are. I, I mean, and I know that that's kind of weird because of how how you know poor our offense is playing, or, or how um, you know how how weird it's been offensively that we haven't been as successful. But again, our biggest worry right now is that offense, and that it hasn't been great. It's it, that will come around. We have talent there, right? We know the talent is there. That will come around. Our biggest worry should be about our defense. But, it, but that's actually been the strength of the team, and that's what gets me excited. You know, Ben said after the game, you don't want to be playing your best football in September, right? You want to be winning games in September. And by that account, so far, so good, right? We're not squeaking out wins. We're not playing down to our opponents. It hasn't been luck. It just hasn't been what we expected, right? It, uh, for us, it's it, and I think that's where the kind of cautious optimism comes from, is that we don't really understand what we're seeing just yet. But if we accept the fact that we have a defense that's very, very good and an offense that will be good as it kind of finds its rhythm, I think you start to get a sense of, of what this team is going to be in November and December and you know forward. Again, if we're playing better football in October than we were in September, and then you can say the same in November and December and January, that's championship football, right? And so were we better in week two than we were in week one? Absolutely yes on both sides of the ball. And let's continue that going forward. 
Now, as we preview the game coming up uh, this week against the Chicago Bears, look, this has trap game written all over it, right? This is Steelers on the road. This is Ben on the road. This is the Steelers as a seven-plus point favorite. This has all of the makings of one of those classic Steeler letdown games. The key in this game is just, you know, don't turn the ball over, prevent big plays, right? It's, it's just don't let, the, just don't get away from what got you here, right? Be dominant at the line of scrimmage, run the ball, run it well, convert in the red zone. And again, do not turn the ball over. Don't give them easy points. The Steelers did really well last year to avoid losing stupid games like this. Remember that during that seven game winning streak last year, four of those, four of the five games in a row were road games against bad teams. It was Buffalo. It was Cleveland. It was Indy. It was Cincinnati, right? And again, those weren't, you remember those games. They weren't, you know, exciting blowout wins, right? But they were wins. They avoided blowing it. Buffalo was a game in which we ran the football and just ran, ran, ran. Ben turned the ball over too often, but again, we were dominant running the football and we played pretty good defense in that game. Cleveland, same thing. Got some big turnovers in that game, was able to convert in the red zone uh, and got a lead and never gave it up. Indy, again, defensively a a little shaky in that game as far as allowing yards, but got some big stops on fourth down, got the ball back, and then got some big plays from AB. And then Cincinnati, again, kicking field goals too often in that game, but again, defensively getting turnovers, uh, getting, getting stops in big moments, and ultimately winning that game. Because we stuck to the game plan in those games and, you know, largely kept the ball in Le'Veon's hands and didn't allow big plays in those games, that's what helped us win those games. Again, they weren't pretty. And this game against Cle- or against uh, Chicago does not need to be pretty. It wasn't last year. It probably won't be on Sunday. But the key here is to just come away with victory. And I think the Steelers will. I think the Steelers will win this game something like 23-13. to 13. I think it'll be much closer than that early in the game. You know, we, we've seen that against Cleveland this year and Minnesota, right? This, this offense takes some time to get going. I think, I think we'll probably see that in this game. I don't expect a blowout, although I'd be pleasantly surprised by one. Um, but again, I think 23 to 13 Steelers bring us to 3-0 and of course setting up a very good game against Baltimore, uh, in week four. That's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. And you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. I like the live tweet as many games as I can. I'll probably live tweet this week. So follow me there. We'll see you next week.